Chapter 10 Teeth Lessons 1. In the darkness beneath the echo hole, Jean Tannen was moving even before the cask came crashing down into the black water, lit faintly from above by the red glow of Barsavi's torches. Beneath the ancient stone cube there was a network of hanging rafters, built from black witchwood and lashed with elderglass cords. The rafters were slimy with age and unmentionable growths, but they had surely held as long as the stones above had, and they retained their strength. The waterfall that cascaded in from the roof terminated here in one of the swirling channels beneath the rafters. There was a veritable maze of the things. Some were as smooth as glass, while others were as turbulent as whitewater rapids. A few wheels and even stranger devices turned slowly in the corners of the under-rafters. Jean had briefly appraised them by the light of a tiny alchemical ball when he'd settled himself in for a long wait. Bug, understandably unwilling to move too far from Jean's company, had crouched on a rafter of his own about twenty feet to Jean's left. There were little shafts in the stone floor of the echo hole, square cuts about two inches wide, irregularly spaced and serving some unguessable function. Jean had positioned himself between one of these, knowing that it would be impossible to hear any of the activities above with the noise of the waterfall right in his ear. His understanding of the situation above was imperfect, but as the long minutes rolled by and the red light grew and Kappa Barsavi and Locke began speaking to one another, Jean's uneasiness deepened into dread. There was shouting, cursing, the trample of booted feet on stone, cheers. Locke was taken. Where was the god's damned bonds-mage? Jean scuttled along his rafter, looking for the best way to cross to the waterfall. It would be a good five or six feet up from the rafters to the lip of the stone gash through which the waterfall poured, but if he stayed out of the falling water he could make it. Besides, it was the quickest way up, the only way up from within here. In the thin red light pouring down through the little holes in the floor, Jean signalled for Bug to stay put. There was another outburst of cheering above, and then the copper's voice, loud and clear through one of the peepholes. Take this bastard and send him out to sea! Send him out to sea? Jean's heart pounded. Had they already cut Locke's throat? His eyes stung at the thought that the next thing he'd see was a limp body falling in the white stream of gushing water, a limp body dressed all in grey. Then came the cask, a heavy dark object that plunged into the black canal at the base of the waterfall with a loud splash and a geyser of water. Jean blinked twice before he realised what he'd just seen. Oh, gods, he muttered, like for like. Barsavi had to be fucking poetic. Overhead there was more cheering, more stomping of feet. Barsavi was yelling something. His men were yelling in response. Then the faint lines of red light began to flicker, shadows passed before them, and they began to recede in the direction of the street door. Barsavi was moving, so Jean decided to take a risk. There was another splash, audible even over the hiss and rumble of the waterfall. What the hell was that? Jean reached beneath his vest, drew out his light globe, and shook it. A faint white star blossomed in the darkness. Clinging tightly to the wet rafter with his other hand, Jean tossed the globe down toward the channel in which the cask would have fallen, about forty feet to his right. 
It hit the water and settled, giving Jean enough light to discern the situation. The little channel was about eight feet wide, stone-bordered, and the cask was bobbing heavily in it, three-quarters submerged. Bug was thrashing about in that canal, visible only from the arms up. Jean's light globe had struck the water about three feet to the right of his head. Bug had jumped down into the water on his own. Damn, but the boys seemed to be constitutionally incapable of remaining in high places for any length of time. Jean looked around frantically. It would take him a few moments to work his way over to a point where he could splash down into the right channel without cracking his legs against one of the stone dividers. Bug! Jean cried, judging that the ruckus above would cover his own voice. Your light! Slip it out now! Locks in that cask! Bug fumbled with his tunic drew out a globe and shook it. By the sudden flare of added white light, Jean could clearly see the outline of the bobbing black cask. He judged the distance between himself and it, came to a decision, and reached for one of his hatchets with his free hand. Bug! he yelled. Don't try to get through the sides! Attack the flat top of the cask! How? Stay right where you are! Jean leaned to his right, clinging to the rafter with his left arm. He raised the hatchet in his right hand, whispered a single, please, to whatever gods were listening, and let fly. The hatchet struck, quivering in the dark wood of the cask. Bug flinched back, then splashed through the water to pry at the weapon. Jean began sliding his bulk along the rafter, but more dark motion in the corner of his eye brought him up short. He peered down into the shadows on his left, Something was moving across the surface of one of the other waterways in the damned maze. Several somethings. Black scuttling shapes the size of dogs. Their bristling legs spread wide when they slipped just beneath the surface of the dark water, then drew in to propel them up and over stone just as easily. Fuck me, he muttered. Fuck me, that's not possible. Salt devils, despite their horrific size and aspect, were timid creatures. The huge spiders crouched in crevices on the rocky coasts to the southwest of Camor, preying on fish and gulls, occasionally falling prey to sharks or devilfish if they ventured too far from shore. Sailors flung stones and arrows at them with superstitious dread. Only a fool would approach one with their fangs the length of a grown man's fingers, and their venom which might not always bring death, but could make a man fervently pray for it. Yet salt devils were quite content to flee from humans. They were ambush hunters, solitary, incapable of tolerating one another at close quarters. Jean had scared himself witless in his early years reading the observations of scholars and naturalists concerning the creatures. Yet here was an entire pack of the damn things, leg to leg like hounds, scrabbling across stone and water alike toward Bug and the cask. Bug! Jean screamed. Bug! Bug!